from the frozen lands of Minnesota. Two adventurers, Adam and usually Dave, battle the harshest internet connections to bring you another episode of the Digital Soup Podcast. Their opinions are unqualified, but the conversations are good. Welcome back. This is the Digital Soup Podcast, where we are answering the questions that you didn't ask. And of course, today we've got some great questions for you, but we're also going to get into 10 of the most terrifying mythological creatures. To help me out with this, I've got, yeah, that voice right there. My good friend Adam, as always, is joining me here. What do you say we get into some, some great questions and some terrifying creatures? Absolutely. And top of the evening to you. Uh, yes. Yeah, this this I'm excited about this episode because we're going to talk about these awesome things that I used to love reading about as a kid. Yeah, you know, quick side tangent. This, as you say, top of the evening. I always feel like I'm rude when I just jump into it. Like here we're going into this thing, you know. And then I also feel yep. like who wants to listen to us greet each other as if we haven't been talking for 15 minutes before we hit record? <laughs> you know, it's always There's at least w- two people that want that. Right. Yep, and it's just this weird, awkward like well, intros. Why? Why are they so awkward? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Always had that problem. Even talking to people in real life, it's always awkward for the first five minutes. Hello, my name's Dave. Uh, <laughs> I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> no, it's more like my, my, my stapler. They said I could have my stapler in the radio at a reasonable volume. <laughs> I haven't watched Office Space in a while, but I should. Oh, That's a it's classic. been a long time. Speaking of movies, what is the best movie between these four? <clears throat> the nineteen eighty nine Batman, yeah. Terminator Two, yeah. Jaws or Alien? Now, Ooh. this popped up because I saw it on Twitter, and for those of you that follow us over on Twitter, you'll know that I retweeted this and asked you guys that you know on on Twitter as well. Interesting responses. Before I try and tackle this, and, and before you and I try and hash this out, I know you answered. You mm-hmm, gave your mm-hmm. thought. Twitter, though, as of the time of this recording, it's pretty interesting. We've got th- uh, a tie on top with Batman and Terminator 2 tied right now. Alien in third place with and uh, Jaws with no votes. So no votes for Jaws. Yeah, no votes for Jaws. This is a tough list, though. All four amazing films. All four kind of mm. those very formative films, you know, as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Well... I chose Terminator 2, even though to me, Alien is one of the, that's one of my favorites as well. But Terminator 2 is one that I used to watch over and over um, because we had it on VHS. (laughs) Jaws Jaws actually made me not want to ever go swimming out in the lake. Right. (laughs) But it was fantastic. I mean, of course, that's a Spielberg movie, right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Wasn't it? Uh, And then, of course, look it up. Batman, um, yeah, I'm probably wrong. Batman was was great, but um, nope, you're I wouldn't right. necessarily put that. I, I guess that would be my orders: Terminator Two, Alien, Jaws, Batman. Okay, boom. See, for me, I had a real hard time because Alien, fantastic, but as a kid, I wasn't allowed to watch it till later because it was deemed a horror film and mm-hmm. thus too scary for me. You know, as my parents thought. 
I remember when I finally got to see it, I loved it. And I actually just rewatched it five months ago, four months ago. And it, it really has some amazing cinematography and stuff in it too. Storytelling and the pacing is just so, so different th- than what you normally see. And, and I think Aliens is even better. Yeah, where they changed from that slow build, that slow burn into a flat out action. But that was a difference. I can't remember who the director, Ridley Scott, was on the first one. And who was the guy on the second one? Was that? Uh, well, that, James Cameron. Cameron. Directed. That's who it was. Yeah. Yeah. So a little yeah, yeah. different style, but yeah, it jumped right in and brought more action. So Jaws, I remember that'd be in my last place because it's a great film, classic film, but I don't ever feel a pull to rewatch it much. Mm. But man, between 89 Batman and T2, yep. which was also a James Cameron movie. Yeah. And um, you know, I don't know. It's such a toss up, but here's what it's going to come down to for me. I've rewatched both of these within the last, I'd say, year and a half. Mm-hmm. And on a rewatch, I enjoyed them both, but I think T2 holds up better. Oh, absolutely. So you've got your year set and they nailed it, of course. Right. And when I, I remember, I remember talking about it here on this show with, with Batman, how I, th- I don't know if you remember, but I was saying how some of the stuff was really weird, like the Batmobile trying to look like it was speeding through the city when it actually looked like it was barely puttering through a set and then they yeah. sped up the film. And that's a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. Some of the look. way he, yeah, the way he moved was kind of weird. Like he was getting, outrun by Vicky Vale and just some weirdness. It was still a great what? film, but I think T2 has got to take it for me as well. Could, could that Batman move his neck? No. Nope. 1989? He was, nope. He was, he was having to turn his whole body, basically. Yeah, that's, that's bad design. Yeah. But the film, I mean, with, with um, shoot, I lost his name as the Joker, Nicholson as mm-hmm. the Joker and the storyline it jumped right. I mean, it was it was a fantastic oh, yeah. Batman, and I it was it again. yeah, and it was just. I remember when it came out, how huge it was. You saw it everywhere oh, for sure. You know, Absolutely. from advertisements to stupid plastic cups at Hardee's or you know McDonald's yeah. or whatever. Well, I think it was the first time we saw Batman in a serious tone. Otherwise, you know, well, yeah, we, the, you know the boom pow kapow. Yeah, all we had Batman. was sixty six Batman with. Um, um adam west adam west yeah and so up until that point that was the only version the campy version of batman was all we had and this was the only one that took it quote unquote dark even though you watch it now and then you compare it with what christian bale did and it's like (laughs) this is still you know (laughs) campy version but it was for its time though right it it was pretty pretty big at the time and even the sequel batman returns with the penguin uh, danny devito as the penguin and um does Kim Basinger do stuff anymore? Uh, you know, that's Basinger, a good question. Basinger. I don't know what I've seen her in since then, really. Hmm. hmm. I, I, but anyway. I think, yeah, this question, four great films, all worth a rewatch, but I think T2 is going to get the win. Ah. Seems like we're unanimous on that. Yep. I'll be back. <laughs> Next you week on our rewatch. <laughs> I need to close your boots and your motorcycle. <laughs> my favorite part of that, um, my brother and I noticed that when the Terminator walks into the bar and he sizes that guy up for his clothes, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like this computer generated thing where it's mapping out the guy's size or whatever, yeah, yeah. You know, looking at his coat. But uh, for just a second, it scans like his beard. 
<laughs> oh, really? Yeah. His beard looks right. I can use this guy's beard. Yeah, and he's clean shaven, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The waitress comes out. She's like, oh. <laughs> Who's this little buff man in my Arnold. in my bar? Because yeah. he's not very tall, is he? Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Oh. Or was he made? I know, I know Sly Stallone is is fairly short not like you would expect him to be i mean i'm not talking five feet tall but he is six two okay so he's up there it must be sly that's only like five he's five ten yeah yeah he's like my height well i guess that's not so that arnold's strong. your height sly stolen's mine yeah so that's us the twins yep we're basically yep <laughs> couple expendables <laughs> <laughs> no doubt yeah no doubt right so what was your favorite thing to collect growing up hmm you know, I I I saw this and it got me thinking because I beaver I do, skulls. <laughs> no, I do have the one, but it is having just one really a collection? I mean, I don't know, mm. but no, I no. I mean the biggest thing I remember, you know, certain toys. I still have my GI Joes. My son plays with them now, mm. um, so I, I collected a lot of those. I used to. I remember collecting leaves a lot in the fall. And impressing them oh, in sure. books and stuff. There are still books, I'm sure, that are you know buried in an attic or something at my parents in storage. That if you went through them, you'd find random leaves pressed in the pages. Uh-huh. Um, but I think probably the biggest thing, and this lasted well into actually after high school. Furby. No, it was uh, football cards. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and when it really hit its stride, I mean, I always would buy some. Probably starting at at around age like ten or eleven. Somewhere in there, I'd pick up random mm-hmm. packs here and there. But when I got older, I was in 10th grade and 11th grade, and friend of the show, the mailman, he, uh, he, he's a year older than me, and he and I, he had his license. So we'd go in the fall especially, uh, or in the late summer when we had our two-a-day practices for football, we'd have practice early in the morning. We'd get done. We'd shower up and stuff, and then we'd go jump in his car because he could drive, and I couldn't, and we'd we'd head off. We spent all day long between practices. We'd be in Virginia. We'd be in Grand Rapids. We'd go all over just searching for football cards and then <laughs> spend a day doing that and come back, have practice at night, and then hang out afterwards looking at what we got from the day and all that stuff. And that stretch there was when it really hit its peak. And it, it continued after high school a bit where I would buy. Remember, like if you listeners, you may remember this, but if you ever went into like a Kmart, well, they, you can still see them in Walmart sometimes. But they'd have like the uh, unopened boxes you could get, and it'd be like twenty dollars for an unopened box of packs of cards. You know? Do you still have unopened boxes? Mm, I have one. Yeah, one. It's a, it's from eighty seven or eighty nine <laughs> awesome. tops. Yeah, I, I bought two of them. One that I opened and opened all the packs because I wanted to see what was in it. But it's supposed to be the complete set. It I don't know if it is or not, but. Um, lots of duplicate cards and stuff, but then the other one I left sealed. So I still do have that one, but yeah, most of that you'd buy like those unopened boxes and it wasn't the complete sets. It was just like the store, you know, the, the, the boxes, the store would get of random packs. So you'd get tons of duplicate cards and all that stuff. But I mean, I've got a lot of decent cards. I mean, Tom Brady rookies, Aaron Rodgers rookies, a lot of good cards, but I, I just, Kind of fell off collecting them around the time when, like Adrian Peterson, uh, was a year or two into the league. So I forget what years those were. Early two thousands. But I still okay. have them all. How nice. about you? 
as a kid. Well, so as a kid, my, my brother collected a lot of, he tried stamp collecting and coin collecting. So I always just kind of took after whatever he was doing. Mm-hmm. So of course I had, we did baseball cards and we didn't know sure. any, anything about value. So sometimes we'd write like our initials on ours to make sure we knew <laughs> whose was whose. Oh, I was them. How many times did you <laughs> stick them in the tires of your bike? Making oh, I, I never did that, but oh, yeah, I, I had quite a few, quite a few ba- tops and only a few fleers from the eighties. Yeah, baseball cards especially. I did that a lot with. I had a, a handful sound. Yeah, I started out with baseball cards and switched to football for whatever reason. I don't know why, but I love football more than baseball. But many, many of my baseball cards would get clothes pinned to the <laughs> the edge of my bike on the back, so I could drive around <laughs> and sound like a motorcycle. <laughs> Nice. all over yeah but yeah we i had a rock collection i collected stickers um stickers are still cool yeah when i got into like the when i was old enough that my parents would let me buy martial arts weapons i started buying those okay <laughs> it's weird to think about but this is you know think about the sure. time and place yep, yep started getting into like that was back during the ninja craze of everything oh, yeah. so yeah, we bought like throwing knives and throwing stars and nunchucks and <laughs> so when I you still would, have size and tonfa and both sure when you would go stuff. to like the county fair you were in heaven because you'd always find those get those foam nunchucks out yeah well you'd it. find those booths where they'd be selling like these these cheap knockoff you know swords and knives and all that stuff yeah Yeah, exactly all the fun stuff you know Um, but i'm thinking a lot of money to collect stuff no i I didn't really either but i'm thinking about it i used to spend any anything i had i I collected a lot of different cards now that i think of it i have almost the complete set of the remember when the ninja turtles cartoon was out the first Mm -hmm. one you Mm -hmm. know the one we all grew up with they put out a series of cards like baseball cards sure. but they were for the show showing a different scene from the cartoon a little story on the back i still have a whole bunch of those um i had a bunch of marvel comics cards that they did with artwork of the characters and then information on the back mm-hmm. not anywhere near as many as i did football cards uh what and then i remember like you remember garbage pail kids oh yeah yep and th- those were terrible but i did collect those as well seems like cards were something yeah i used to collect quite a bit of so what about as an adult, what are you collecting? Mm, pity and shame. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Disability. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. You know, I think about it and I I can't say I, I have any major I know collections. What, collect. what? Let's hear it. Photography gear. Well, I I would say maybe, but you know what? Years ago, yes, but I when I made the switch from Nikon over to Fuji. I well, had maybe a bunch we should of gear. maybe we should reclass. Uh, sorry, I don't mean to step on you. No, no, maybe that's we fine. should reclassify things that are collectibles. Yeah, well, <laughs> and that's what I'm thinking because like camera gear, I did have more stuff, and I I ended up trading and selling all of it in order to pare down and get just the gear that I needed and that I wanted. So I actually have my my photo gear is pretty slim line. Sure. I don't have a ton. I mean, I've got. I'm kind of with I you on that. It's yeah. Even with music stuff, it's mm-hmm. I buy what I need. I don't. I don't go out and say, "Oh, there's another version of this. I'm going to get it." Right. Like Jason, he collects video games. Yeah, the man ex- collects video games, both digital and you know physical versions. Yeah. Like he he wants all these retro systems and um, anything. You know how many Steam sales has he taken advantage of just because <laughs> he wanted to have it? You know, and but I, you know yeah, the the only I, thing I should I collect can, something. Well, and the only thing, and it's, I don't have a ton. I mean, more than most people, but way less than people, you know, the serious collectors of Funko Pops, they have hundreds. Oh, sure. But I have, um, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. I have six Batman, six different 
alternate Batman varieties. I've got a Ron Swanson. I've got a, (laughs) a, I've got a Lars Ulrich and I've got a flash. So that's probably the only closest thing to modern, you know, like as an adult thing I've collected, but I have no interest in really buying any more. Um, other than that, I mean, kind of stickers. I mean, I, I love getting stickers every now and then, like a few things I've oh, yeah. or, ordered or had gifted to me from some some friends of uh, friends of mine online and friends of Adventures and Creativity. Some of them are, are listeners here as well, where order something that they're, you know, these makers, uh, friends like Vinny and my friend Ethan and, and some others where they've, uh, Justin from Bear Make It, he's down in southern Minnesota, where they always include a sticker with their... Um, orders which is very cool and i hold on to them i've got them i'm trying to figure out what to do with them thinking i might take my one wall in my office and just start sticking them on the wall but filling in between the posters but yeah i mean other than that i can't say i collect a ton well okay yeah me neither all right well some Hmm. good answers i like that so if you had to be one cartoon character which which one would you be and why Hmm. you have an idea on yours I just read the question. Uh, let me think. <laughs> I'm gonna a cartoon you know, character. I can give awesome. you one that the, the, I can give Bugs you Bunny. Bugs Bunny, yeah. I, I can give you uh, one that I would say would be the worst. Would okay. be Charlie Brown. <laughs> that that poor dude. He's. You know what though? When he grows up, he's gonna be very resilient. Have life skills. True. True. He's learned a lot. This is true. But yeah, he's one not I would, good at football. No, <laughs> See, I'm, I'm just well, gonna lay out the case for Bugs Bunny, basically yeah, being in, invincible and able to traverse the world through underground chambers, yeah. rely on carrots, and still be in an overall good mood all the time. Boom! And he's he's kind of sneaky brilliant. You know, when yeah. you think about, like, he's always outsmarting Elmer Fudd, and you know, but in this <laughs> way that's very common sense. Like, well, Elmer yeah, this Fudd is- should have been denied a gun license. <laughs> I don't know. Who, and I, can you fill out on the form? Have you ever used a firearm in an unsafe matter? Oh, <laughs> well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, <I'm dying>. <laughs> it's. <laughs> oh, this is killing Just saying. Me. Yeah, it's it's true. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I I always liked. I mean, if you're sticking in the Looney Tunes realm. I always kind of, even though he'd be horrible as a real person, but Yosemite Sam was always like he he he'd end up on the sh- you know losing end of, the, of things sometimes. But the way he was just so Spitfire and oh get to you know whatever and um, Foghorn Leghorn was another one I always remember watching and enjoying. But <laughs> sure, I I might have to say though, thinking of other cartoons outside of Looney Tunes, I mean He Man had a pretty sweet deal going. That's very true, but that haircut, come on. Well, product I, product of the times, I guess you know. Mm, yeah, I suppose. You know, it's it's unfortunately. We'll see if his hair is any different when the new Netflix series comes out that Kevin Smith is doing. That that'll be interesting oh, to I see if they. That. Yeah, and I talked about it on this show before. Oh, I never heard I'm of this. Positive, show. yeah. Shut it, <laughs> <laughs> you. What? Well, uh, <laughs> you sound like Beavis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are those are characters you wouldn't want to be. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Although, when you think about it, those guys just 
they never had a bad day in their lives. <laughs> they had bad stuff happen to them, but they always ended up on top. Like, hey, this is awesome, no matter what the situation is. <laughs> Everything is awesome. <laughs> yeah, Lego Batman might be might be up there too, but I might have to go with He Man. Okay, okay. I thought you were gonna go cringer, but I guess that's all right. Well, all right, He Man and Bugs Bunny, it is. Yeah, there we are. There we are. Yep. All right. Why don't you ask the the next one? So. I had this, this is a thought I, I had the other day and I don't know why I had it, but I was, I was looking in the cabinet and I was going to grab a glass, which, you know, you grab a glass, it's made out of glass and sure. then ab- above it on my shelf, I saw a bunch of the kids glasses we had from when they were younger, like plastic cup, you know, plastic glasses. And I, I got to thinking if a glass is made of plastic, why do we still call it a glass? Whoa. And, and I realized this is a little Why bit. Why is it called a watch when we only glance at it? <laughs> right. I mean, I realize this is a little bit in the vein of a question, much well, like Beavis and Butthead would ask. Like The answer is pretty easy, though. I mean, we used to, it used to only be made of glass before the advent and invention yeah. of plastics. So it just sticks and it's easier to say, hand me that glass. Because if you say, hand me that plastic, that yeah. won't make any sense. And, you know, you could call it like a cup or something, but that's oh, yeah. not quite right either, though. When I think of a, a no, when I think of a cup, I think more of like a mug, like a coffee cup. Well, was a cup originally just like one cup, like a, the measurement? Measuring cup? Yeah, I don't know. This well, now is I've got to look up cup versus glass. Yeah, this a glass is, just, is a type of cup. <laughs> yeah, but a cup is, and there's uh, lots of different types of glasses, pint glasses. This is one of the worst questions of all time because I can't answer it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one I was thinking of and I was I'm like just kidding it's not the worst well it might be but and I'll, <laughs> I'll take ownership of it but this is the weird things my mind thinks of occasionally you know and it probably is influenced from those younger days watching cartoons and stuff like Beavis and Butthead where they once famously asked why is it every time you pick your nose it just fills back up again you know <laughs> que- <laughs> questions like that huh. But I mean, there's a medical reason for that. It's filtering out all what of the. Cup? I'm sorry. No, go just, ahead. <laughs> well, my brain was still on the cup versus glassing. Would a cup just be smaller? I don't know. See, I when I think of a cup, I always just think like a coffee cup or like a yeah. measuring cup. You know, a a, a unit mm-hmm. of measure, one cup of such and such. I don't ever think of grabbing something out of you know to to get a drink of water and be like, give me a cup of water. I always think like, oh, give me a glass of water, you know, unless you're cooking, you know, add one cup of water. Yeah. Measuring it would be a different scenario, but or I mean, in terms of the vessel cup, you can cup with your hand. Well, Hey, now I don't know where you're taking that. <laughs> I don't know. It's also, it's also a verb. This is true. But I mean, think about it too. You have a glass of beer. If you know, you, you go get a, you know, like a tapper at the bar or something. Mm-hmm. I give me a glass of beer. You know, you don't ever say, you specify, give me that pint glass or that beer stein of beer, please. Mm, I'd like it, a stein of beer. It, it's kind of like how gla- glass has kind of become one of those mm-hmm. things, I think, much like Kleenex became for a tissue. Well, that's, that's a brand, though. It is, but in, in much the same way, like glass is just the universal for some reason. Like, yeah, it's get glass a glass. So I think I'm going to start confusing my kids and saying, 
Go get yourself a plastic of water. Get yourself a a, a tall cup. A plastic vessel. <laughs> yeah, plastic vessel. I like it. Yeah. So what's a sign know. that someone wasn't raised right? Oh man. I, I'd say probably the the first clue is you're gonna notice a lot in the way they they seem to treat or respect other people. You know, in the yep. sense where if if they're if they have no problem just completely stepping all over someone, even in the smallest ways, you, you know, maybe. Yeah. I was thinking about like, you know, people that cut in line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, um, you know, just Take, generally rude and. <laughs> right. You know, laugh at someone to their face when it maybe isn't appropriate. Yep. You know, or, or feel like they can just speak their mind and you know, not have to think twice about it. Like it's their right, which it is, but you know, common respect is probably the big one there. Um, what else? I think, and this will sound kind of weird, but I think in some ways you can look at hygiene. Oh yeah. Because yeah. I mean, in some not, ways. yeah, and not always, but in some ways, because some of that's behavior that, that, you know, you fall into, into habits or bad habits and routines once you're older but mm-hmm. a lot like, of that is, you know, like if they don't clean up after themselves, or they just litter. Yeah. Yep. Just I yeah. Think. Stuff or like that. Pointing a gun at a cop. And they're <laughs> yeah. Going, Not today. Yeah. Clack clack. <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but even even things like brushing their teeth, you know, you can tell the people that have spent a lifetime not brushing their teeth as they're mm-hmm. supposed to multiple times a day, or you know, whatever it is. Yep. And oh, you know, what about those that? Oh, go ahead. No, no, that's all. Go ahead. But no, I think that's one hundred percent valid. I think about those that are completely just nasty to their parents in public. Yeah. Shut up, mom. Right. Oh no. Yeah. Right. The stuff yeah. that would have gotten us beat as a kid. Right. No, there, there's a, there's a lot there. I mean, I, I know we see that. I, I can't really say and where, but what about people that like DC movies? Uh, no, I think they're no, all right. No. I think oh, they're okay. all right. All right. All they're right. okay. They had probably, <laughs> they might have had the the best upbringing because they're mm. they're taught to be open minded and accepting of all, <laughs> and not be judgmental. <laughs> okay, here we go. I spun it nicely. I thought getting the hip waders on, it's getting deep. <laughs> all right. Well, those are some pretty good answers. So. What are some songs or what is a song that you absolutely hate? And what I mean by that is it comes on the radio, you immediately go, ugh, no, and then you turn it. Mm, there's, uh, I'm sure I could think of a few on this one, but the <clears> Macarena, <throat> I know it came up last week. Oh, yep, that is one yep. that I will 100%, it, it will not make it past the first few bars of me hearing it. I just have to kill it off right away. Um, That dumb it was super popular a few years back that call me maybe. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's another one. Nope, it's gone right away. I go back all the way back. The first song I ever realized that I, I absolutely could not stand was uh-huh. that um Dan Baird from the Georgia Satellites is I love you, period. Do oh. you love me? Question mark. Yeah. Please, please, exclamation point. No. Yeah. And I will also lump in um Achy Breaky Heart. Oh yeah. That yeah. is yeah. Horrific nightmare music to me. Yeah, um, and 
I, I used to really disdain country. Now I don't mind it so much, but well, that I'll tell song you what, is just something about it I hated. Let me ask you this, because country for me is, I mean, there's there's a few artists that I enjoy and all I have my whole life. Hank Jr., when uh, through his Bo Cephas days and in his hits, you know, Whiskey Bent and Hellbound, Country I Boy Can't Survive. I thought you only like the Monday Night Football theme song. Well, that's another great one. <laughs> but Hank Jr. was one country artist. I did enjoy a lot of Garth Brooks, especially his earliest stuff, his first few albums. Um, and there's a few other country tunes I don't mind. Um, by and large, though, country's not my thing. But when you think about, like, you used to hate it and now you don't mind it, are you like, is it the modern country you're hearing that you don't mind? Or is it kind of the older stuff uh, where it's more country pop? Like I now? think I never really liked the super twangy stuff. Okay. So, was, you know, around the Waylon and Merle and those guys weren't. Your I, don't, I don't, I shouldn't say that. I guess maybe the, I don't even know how to describe it. I, if I turn on country now, a lot of times I'm just hearing something about, a beer in a dirt road there's a truck in there uh-huh. and there's like a formula to it and it's it's pop it's not, music now it's, you know. it's pop music yeah that's that that annoys me more i right. think it was like the anky branky heart that yep. kind of stuff i didn't just didn't like but garth brooks i think was phenomenal yep and his yeah. songs are powerful i mean there's some good good country out there right but some of the stuff where where it seems like the artist is just the only difference between a pop song and a rock song and their song is that they've got that twang to their voice that's southern right. twang exactly it's like eh, do you even really talk like that <laughs> right and that's one of my things that i never liked about keith urban it's like you're from keith australia urban. what what why are you singing like this well you know, the, the here's the thing with him though at at least he's not like american singing with an australian accent because there are artists, <laughs> yeah, not that just would con- be worse. Yeah, not just country, but I mean, a lot of artists you'll hear them and they'll they'll put on this fake, um, like English accent or Irish, you know, whatever you know, mm. European accent in their songs. Oh, Green Day is one that is, that does that all the time. Mm. If you think about a lot of theirs, not all of their songs, but they get a little bit of like a an English twist to some of their words, and that drives me nuts too. I think. Um yeah I, trying I to like think of way. other Iggy songs. azalea the rapper yeah <laughs> yeah like, you don't talk anything like that yeah I, I what other songs you had like any any particular songs you can think of oh man so there was that you went back to an early one and i'm, I'm trying to think yeah, of a good yeah. early one for myself um mm. there you know one i got one for you and this is a very popular song um it's blondie and mm-hmm. the um, call me well, almost any Blondie song, really. But I don't I, mind that one so much. But that Heart of Glass sucks. Oh yeah, both Heart of those. Most terrible. Blondie, I think. I really don't like Blondie's music. Now that I think okay. of it, what but. about Who Let the Dogs Out? Nah, <laughs> yuck. A lot, yeah, that kind of stuff too. My Humps by the Black Eyed Peas. Ah, uh, yeah, no, that's another <laughs> one. There's a lot of music when I now that now that how much Nickelback can we talk about here? <laughs> yeah, well, honestly, yeah. it's what what did they ever do to anybody? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? They are Mambo probably five. Yeah, yeah Nickelback is probably one of those one of those bands that everyone dumps on 
And they are probably one that when it pops up and those people are alone, they'll listen to it and rock out to it. It's it's probably one probably. of the most guilty pleasure <laughs> bands out there. There was like a, a Vine and Vine, of course, those are those old, old six second videos right. that used to be around. Yep. It showed that that one um that one scene from his photograph. Yep, when um, he's holding it up. Look at this photograph. And all he did was edit the audio and they they put an Excel spreadsheet on the picture and says, Look at this graph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was <laughs> That's just great. Yeah. Oh, the thong song is terrible. Let's yeah. see what else. Here's one that's it's kind of it might get me in trouble with listeners, but even though I love 90s rock and alternative rock and all of that, and there are one or two kind of short grooves that I enjoy, but I can't listen to the whole song. Almost any Rage Against the Machine music, I am not a big fan. Like, they'll have a few good grooves, like Bulls on Parade is one that pops into mind where it's got a oh. cool feel, and as soon as he starts singing, I'm like, nope, it's off. Skip it. Oh, I, I just awesome cover of that song. Oh, oh yeah. It. Bulls on Parade. I'm sure there's been that a... It was a rapper guy. Okay. Okay. Um... But yeah, Man, Ra- gotta, Rage I, Against the Machine is one I just mm, can't do it. Uh, Denzel Curry, I think, is the guy's. Okay. Guy's name. Anyway, phenomenal uh, cover song, better than yeah, Daniel, my opinion. But anyway, sure. um, yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of Rage just because I don't I don't quite get it. I mean, they're kind of anarchist style. Well, and I just don't think I was ever angry enough. To, yeah, to maybe really, that's my problem. Too. Yeah, to really like click with the music. I, <laughs> I enjoyed watching the, the Care Bear movie. What's this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember when I was young when those albums first came out. I mean, we're in we're talking prime high school days, junior high and mm-hmm. high school. Yeah, and I remember listening to them, and I own a couple because it was the cool thing to do, and I'd listen to them and try my hardest to love them. And there was some stuff with the drumming that Brad Wilkes would do, or is it Wilk or Wilkes? I forget, but some stuff I really enjoyed and I, and I like the beats in the, the heaviness of the guitars, but it was usually in that first like 30 seconds of an intro to the song or maybe a, a middle section where there's no singing. But as soon as they got into the main gist of their song, I just, I, I couldn't get it. I, I didn't relate to it. And I think it's just, I was not angry enough. Yeah. Still I'm not apparently. Mad. Yeah. That being said, I, I've I spent all that time and my favorite bands through that time were things like Metallica and Megadeth and in all these kinds <laughs> yeah. of heavy metal I'm not bands. Angry enough. But rage <laughs> Yeah, but rage is a different I mean Metallica and Megadeth. They're like they, protesting something. Yeah, it's it's you know? very political and I still hate yep. talking politics. I don't want to hear it in my music too. I don't want to watch films that are just giving me a political viewpoint. I mean, it's one thing if you have a movie that like takes place and it's like Air Force One, you know, or something like that where politics are involved, but it's not like in an agenda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and Rage Against the Machine was very much their political viewpoints and telling you, you know, whoever was listening, this is what you have to believe, protest. And it's like that wasn't I couldn't get into it. I mean, they're they're a rock icon, if no doubt about it. Oh, yeah. Super respect. Yeah. Um, you should check out that Denzel Curry cover of that Bulls on Parade, though. I'll, I'll check else. that out. I've got it in the, and in fact, I'm typing it in our private Discord chat. I'm sending it to you, so I'll remember to look at it. All right, sounds good. I think it might be time for us to give out a few of our recommendations. We talked about songs we don't recommend. Let's talk about things that we do and songs that we do. And now, Digital Soup Recommendations. All right, for my first recommendation and only recommendation, 
<laughs> because I'm only doing the one. The other yeah. one is the song. I am recreating, ding, 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 Speaking of a song, <laughs> that's annoying. Ding, 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 yeah, ding, yeah. What was that? Uh, was that a? Was it about <laughs> uh, the hamster f- dance or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. Uh. <laughs> but I am recommending an app called Procreate, which is not what it sounds like, folks. This is an art application. And I've got the Procreate Pocket Edition for my phone, mm-hmm. which lets you paint, draw, make artwork stuff. I'm just starting to get into it. And I gifted the full iPad version to my mom for her iPad just for the painting and stuff because she likes to do acrylic painting and things. And um, with the big iPad screen, this application is stunningly awesome. Like you can choose all these different brush sizes, different brushes, textures, colors. The interface is super slick and easy. You can use a stylus. If you have the cache, you can use the Apple pen and you can even blend things on the screen with your finger as if it was actual paint. And you can create just some amazing stuff. And so the full blown iPad app is $9.99. And then the the pocket edition, which I have is was $4.99. Okay. But um, if you're sitting there and you're bored on your phone, you can open this up and just start creating artwork. It's how, it's actually awesome. How accurate is it? I, I've heard great things about this, and I'll talk about that in a second. But when you're on your phone, on the mm-hmm. phone version of it, I assume it's a little more limited than the full iPad version. Um, yeah, they've got a lot of features that aren't in there. Sure. But when you're when you're using your finger, say, as your pencil or your brush, mm-hmm. how accurate is it and how hard is it to essentially draw or paint? Like, is it... you know? I, I haven't tried doing any super detailed, but mm-hmm. you can zoom in. Okay, so you can stuff, really you know, work so, on small details at a time. Yeah, you can you can zoom in and and change your brush and, and if you don't mm. if it's if you need to undo, you just tap with two fingers. Okay. If you want to redo, you tap with three. It's that simple. Wow. It's like, "Oh, I made a mistake. Double tap." You know, not double tap, but like two finger right. tap. Right. So yeah, this this app, I know good friend of mine, well, you know him too, Brian Manier. He's he's a graph he's a great photographer as well but he's a graphic designer by trade that's his day job and he he uses this thing all the time um, and this is one one app coupled with Affinity the Affinity Designer and Illustrator programs that really really makes me want to buy spend some serious money and get the really nice like what is a thirteen inch or whatever version of the, the iPad Pro iPad. Oh, yeah that with that great. with that big screen. And all that power and just use it as essentially a high-end sketch pad and painting, well, you know, digital art device. Yeah. Uh, this is, once I installed it on, you know, I I'd only used it on my phone. Once I installed it on the iPad and uh, took a look at it, I was just yeah. blown away. Because you can open up, a, yeah, I think you can do side-by-side, side, like you can do, a, you can have a photo on the oh, left. Oh, sure. And then your your palette and everything on your right side or your, sure. your canvas. And you, you, there's just so much you can do with it. And if you look mm-hmm. at some of the examples they've included, they're mm-hmm. just stunning. So it's awesome. Well, it's you can procreate. Yeah, you can search a hashtag, I believe, on Instagram for procreate like that, or procreate app or something like that. And you're going to mm-hmm. find tons of just amazing digital paintings people are doing. You can find a lot of uh, videos where they're showing you like time lapses as they're creating these, you know, amazing things. It's, uh, this is an awesome, I, I would second your recommendation on that. I've never used it, but and it's. I would also add, <laughs> okay, it, definitely check it out. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you've got the the larger iPhone, yep. that's even better. Yeah. But if you have zero artistic talent, uh-huh. you're still going to need to work on that. <laughs> yeah, right. this isn't just like a, it's not going to make you better. Right. You have to be able to visualize stuff, which right. I'm trying to figure it out. 
Yeah, you, you have, have to be good. able to to draw and understand painting or whatever you're trying to do. But as a tool, it's amazing you can do this stuff right on an iPad or a phone. Yep. So Crazy. it is awesome. Hmm. Probably going to be one of the best recommendations I can ever come up with. So good. You anyway, might recommend you it the next couple weeks even. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got something for you. I want you to uh, get lost in. It's about 10 episodes, season one. And I, I highly recommend all of you listen to this. It's another podcast recommended to me uh, by listener of the show, Heather, who is the mailman's significant other. Um, this is a podcast called Rabbits. And what it is, it's a it's a, a rabbit hole. Yeah, basically, yeah. It's it's a documentary slash docudrama podcast series. And here's what the first season. I'm not going to tell you anything much more about it. Here's their summary. When Carly Parker's friend Yumiko goes missing under very mysterious circumstances, Carly's search for her friend leads her headfirst into a into an ancient mystery game known only as rabbits. Soon Carly begins to suspect that rabbits is much more than just a game and that the key to understanding rabbits might be the key to the survival of our species and the universe as we know it. And this thing gets into like, oh man, it's like, how do I put it? Kind of like like in National Treasure, you know, when they're having to search all over for these clues left. I mean, that's just Mm -hmm. a movie. Kind of along those lines, but only much deeper and fascinating. It brings a lot of tech a lot of video game lore into it where there's hidden messages in old arcade cabinets and you know stuff like this but this mystery is just amazing it's 10 episodes i blasted through it in the last i suppose three days four days and they're they're each around an hour long although if you skip through the the you know sponsored ads in there you probably cut it down to about 40 minutes or so but it is fantastic really well produced one nice. of those high-end ones. I don't know. The season one wraps up. Everything comes to an ending. It sounds like season two was scheduled to happen. Don't know if it's ever going to happen. You know, it ha- it's been a, a little while since that's come out now. So hard to say if they lost funding or whatever's going on. But it is amazing. Okay. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Rabbits. We will check out the rabbits. <laughs> All right, adding on to our Digital Soup Spotify playlist, I am bringing a tune from a band called Darling Side, and the tune is called Hold Your Head Up High. These guys are pretty incredible as far as um, it's just clean instrumentation, almost kind of that folk sound, but a lot of awesome harmonies in their stuff. Um, they'll have a, they'll, on the recorded version, they've got like a trumpet doing some of the lead work on some of their live stuff. They've used... Um, you know, violin and other instruments mm-hmm. and stuff. These guys are really talented. And they're rec- a lot of their stuff, if you look at it live, they're just all these guys gather around one microphone. And I think even their, I think most of their live stuff, it's like oh, really? a microphone and they'll just gather around it and, and just kind of do this almost like fireside style. That and explains, really I, I haven't seen the live stuff. I know we were talking pre-show and um, you were saying to check out the live stuff. I couldn't find it on Spotify. I'll have to go hit YouTube, but even the the recorded version, it, it has a very kind of ambient feel, if that makes yeah, sense. Like definitely, it, atmospheric definitely. kind of. And that would explain why if they're using a, a process like that with their live stuff, because it's going to have, when you said Fireside, that was exactly, it popped into my head then when you said that, like, that's how it sounds, like a bunch of guys making amazing music around a campfire. Yeah. So check it out. Absolutely. Well, right, I, what went, do you got? I went the other way. 
I enjoyed uh, over over the weekend here. I had some time in my car, bopping around, doing some different things, and listened through a couple of my favorite Metallica albums. Well, I shouldn't say favorite. A couple sure. Metallica albums front to back. The one being the live album called S&M, Live with the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra. And the song that I'm picking is called The Thing That Should Not Be. It's just, I, I don't know how to explain it. You'd have to listen to it. Metallica fans will know the song. It's just mm-hmm. a really cool version. And when you add in all the strings and the orchestra and everything else, it really gives it this otherworldly feel to this already amazing. Almost like know. a movie score feel yeah. to me. I always felt like this song, because, I mean, it's it's about facing the thing that should not be, you know, and, and it, it always reminded me, and I felt it was kind of fitting with our topic coming up here about the mythological creatures, mm. but it always gives me the feeling of, like, some mythological creature surfacing, and, you know, you have to face that within you. It's just a, it's a really cool song, one of my favorites from them from years nice. back. Yeah. I, I seem to remember, I think I watched part of this concert on TV. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. I have it on DVD. I have a, a couple of their concert DVDs. I remember but. thinking, how cool would it be to be a rock band or a metal mm-hmm. band playing with this huge concert with this yeah. huge symphony orchestra? Well, it's and awesome. it it added that whole album. I mean, you hear a lot of their it's it's all their biggest hits mostly, and a couple originals they put together just for that that concert. But it's adding the symphony behind it. It added such an incredible level uh, dimension to their music. It was unbelievable. I always wondered if you're one of the, you know, the instrumentalists from an orchestra and all of a sudden you have a band like Metallica come in and you're like, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm well, going to play with these guys. I'm sure there's probably some of that, but you know, the, the other, not. no, cool. I, but when you watch this and you see the guys, the, you know, the actual orchestra performing with them, they all look to be just thrilled. Like they're, they're having oh, the time of their be. lives getting to say Metallica. they got to make music with Metallica. It's kind of similar to when, um, Oh, who's the, the director guy. I recommended it a while back. He put out a live in Prague. Uh, I can't think of Hans his name. Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Yeah. And his live mm-hmm. in Prague concert, oh, same fantastic. thing. All those guys, I mean, these are extremely talented symphony guys. And some of that stuff they're playing is very, I don't want to sound bad, but kind of below them, you know, in, in some of the sections. Rudimentary. Yeah. In rudimentary for their skill level. But they look like they're having the time of their lives because they can well, just enjoy it. Well, they can they can let go. They can just enjoy it. And they're also getting exposed to a much larger audience right. than usual. Exactly. And Hans Zimmer, I mean, a lot of his stuff that he's writing is it's for movie scenes, and sometimes yep. they call for that that style. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a very talented dude. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. With this with yeah. this Metallica and San Francisco Orchestra, those guys just look like. This is exposure. They're they're thrilled as Michael Kamen was sure. a director. They're just thrilled that they got to share a stage. Michael Kane. <laughs> no, Kamen. <laughs> okay. Michael Kane. Right. <laughs> um before we talk about some terrifying mythological creatures, mm-hmm. I think we better hear from ourselves. Hey, super friends, as you know, we don't have any fancy sponsors, but we do have some important information for you, so listen up. First, if you want to keep up with everything we're doing here at Digital Soup, including how to find us on social media, all the ways to subscribe, and even how to support the show, head to digitalsouppodcast.com. 
We appreciate all of your support, including sharing Digital Soup with your friends. But if you want to do more than share, hit that button that says Patreon on the site and help support the show by becoming a Digital Soup Patreon backer. Of course, Dave and I stay busy with our own projects outside of the kitchen as well. Dave is having creativity-fueled discussions designed to motivate, inspire, and encourage you along your own adventures in creativity with the Adventures in Creativity podcast. You'll find him at AICpod.com. And if you're interested in some amazing sci-fi stories from years gone by, I've got you covered with Yesterday's Sci-Fi. These are amazing, classic sci-fi stories in an audiobook format. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to YesterdaySciFi.com for all the details. Man, that's a lot, huh? Well, just remember this. DigitalSoupPodcast.com, YesterdaySciFi.com, and AICpod.com. Now then... Thank you again, all of you that are listening, for taking time to join us every week, and let's get back to the show. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, what do we got here? What What are we going to talk about? Oh, <laughs> you just kind of... Oh. <laughs> Man, I feel like we talk about mythological creatures. I feel like you hurt our own feelings there. <laughs> Just <laughs> oh, well. laughing at ourselves. Yeah, you know, Elmer Fudd kind of sounds like Mark Wahlberg. That, the, I I got a hint of that earlier <laughs> when you were doing one of one of those things. What's we have it? It's a transformer. Yeah, it's a transformer. Transformer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Now, <laughs> now picture him laughing like that in the movies. Like any scene Mark Wahlberg's in when he's laughing, just insert the Elmer <laughs> Fudd la- laugh and see how it oh, goes for you. Fudd Ruckers. Let's get into this. Let's talk Let's about the 10 most terrifying mythological creatures. Let's do it. You want me to kick it off? Do it. Do it. All right. So at, we're gonna. what we're going to do, I found this great list. And it's actually a list of the top 20. So what we're going to do today is we're going to take numbers 20 through 11 and cover those. And then we'll cover the actual top 10 in another list in the near future. But to kick it off at number 20 are the Banshees. Now, have you heard about the Banshees before? The Banshees. Yeah, they're screams. Yeah. Now, this is a uh, a Scottish. Um, I, I don't know how to pronounce these. Bean Sidde and or Banseeth and Scots Gaelic. Ben I have Sith. no yeah, I have no ability to pronounce those words, but it's a female spirit from Celtic folklore. Uh, the word banshee, and this is according to a list we've got on a website called owlcation.com. Um, the word banshee means woman of the fairy mound or fairy woman, and her scream is believed to be an omen of death. So when you hear this wail or scream, watch out. It's a warning about an immediate death in the family, according ah! to the site. Yeah, and they, they call it... Uh, now, there's a word to hear, C-A-O-I-N-E. I don't know how to pronounce that, but it means keening. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Karen! <laughs> yeah, coon! Coon! But, <laughs> yeah. Were, look out um, for the cones! <laughs> and that's why we have warning cones on the track. Right, mind the cones, yeah. No, uh, according to this list, some banshees are considered to have strong ties with families, and some believe that each family has a banshee essentially assigned to it. Uh, they sing very sorrowful, haunting songs mm. filled with love and concern. And they call this in the list more of an honorable mention 
because as terrifying as they are, they actually mean well and only want to help families prepare for the death of a loved one. However, (laughs) by the real prepared now, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. This blood curdling scream, but how it, because you hear this screaming and this wailing right before an imminent death, it doesn't seem like it's giving you much warning. So it's, it's often associated with this terrifying. Yeah. Has anyone ever heard it? And then been like, Oh, Wait, maybe I shouldn't do what I'm doing and then not die. Yeah, and then stop. they high five the banshee when they're done. They're like, thanks, bro. Yeah. And the yeah. banshee's like, you got it, bro, ham. Yeah. I, I feel like the banshee is like, okay, he's definitely going to do that stupid thing. I can't stop him. Oh, he's and doing it. He's process is started. And, and now I can scream. Ah, now everyone else can be <laughs> yeah. aware of it. <laughs> the modern day version is just the wife <laughs> screaming at you to not do something stupid. Right. <laughs> right. Just kidding, wives. <laughs> they're not listening, right? <laughs> Uh, speaking of wives, um, we did have that one episode where we we had that question: What is scarier, at, way scarier at night than it is during the day? My oh, wife yeah. had an awesome entry. Oh yeah, she said cornfield. Ooh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. She grew up surrounded by cornfields. Yep. No, I mean, I'd agree with that. I'm like, yep. I saw signs and quiet place. I know what's up. Children of the corn. Yeah, children of the corn. Bright burn okay, happens we're, we're, around a cornfield. Anyways. No, Number 19, I have not heard of, but this monstrous duo packed a real punch for anyone sailing the Strait of Messina. This was Scylla and Charib- Charibdis. Sounds like a Pokemon Charibdis? Charibdis? Scylla was a six-headed, 12-footed creature with a waist girdled by the heads of fiercely barking dogs. <laughs> dogs? <laughs> it's dogs around my waist. Uh. <laughs> yeah. uh, she ate, ate anything that ventured too close. <laughs> oh, including six of Odysseus's men. Yep. Uh, Charybdis, if I'm just saying that right, or Charybdis, most likely the pr- personification of a whirlpool. A whirlpool. Mm-hmm. And just a bow shot away from Scylla would drain and subsequently expel the waters all around her three times a day, creating a fatal obstacle for any seaman passing through the strait. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I have heard of this from, from reading. I forget if it was in the Iliad or the Odyssey, but um, mm. this is a monster that that comes up in there. I think it's, that sounds terrifying. Yeah. Well, it, and it's kind of, you know, you, you think about the time. Remember when I was saying that back in those dark ages and in and way back in those times, there's this amazing blend of this mythology and these mythological creatures in the real world. And this was this was literally more than likely just a natural occurring um you know, whirlpool that happened in a you know, because sure. of a geographic feature or something like that. And there was probably some sort of you know, massive rock outcropping or something that when the whirlpools were going, the boats would get dashed against it. People died all the time, but they'd associate that with these monsters of folklore. And that, that's why that era I think really fascinates me so much to see how all that happens. That's a pretty good spin on that. Cause I was looking at this, like how in the world. So, I mean, obviously there was a whirlpool. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, for somebody to create this story, maybe they, they got lost in the whirlpool or they saw a ship go down and like, yeah, there was also a thing that ate them. Uh They weren't terrible sailors. (laughs) Yeah. They weren't bad drivers. (laughs) Uh, Well, number, number 18, the next one up, I'm sure you've heard of these. These are the furies, the baseball furies from the old movie. uh, uh, (laughs) No, not the baseball furies. (laughs) Um, These are uh, also known 
as the goddesses of vengeance. They often inflicted madness or disease on their victims. Now, that sounds when, like an all-female metal band. Go. <laughs> well, these are often represented as ugly, winged women with serpents in their hair, much like Medusa. <laughs> And uh, the the fearsome creatures were the daughters of Gaia, born from the blood of her husband. Oh boy, Uranus's castration. <laughs> no, let's just skip that part. <laughs> oh boy, she was born of nasty stuff. Yeah, Aphrodite <laughs> um, was actually her, born. I mean, her from husband the, was Uranus. Yeah, she was born from the same foam of that castration. But anyways, oh, don't say that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I'm not making this up. This is the the mythology no, no, no. behind it. Oh. <laughs> anyways the furies lived in the underworld oh, they no. would ascend to earth to pursue those who had upset the world's natural order such as those who offended the gods or committed murder or perjury i can't even think about anything what you're saying i'm just disgusted by <laughs> thinking of yeah, uranus's what castration. castration foam away from me gross <laughs> <laughs> well aphrodite the goddess of okay. love that just their their source already. Mm-hmm. This might be the top most terrifying thing. Yeah, ever. yeah. And it says that uh, victims that were in search of justice could call the curse of the Furies upon the person who wronged them. Yuck. They are one that pops up in many stories uh, in mythology that you hear different versions, different names. Um, also known as the Irenius or Aaron eyes, something like that. Um, mm. But yeah, Aaron eyes she had. <laughs> Every house foam. <laughs> oh, the foam. Gross. Okay, let's move on away from that nasty foam to number 17, Echidna. Yeah. E-C-H-I-D-N-A, the flesh-eating Echidna. The wife of the fearsome typhoon was also able to do a Van Damme-style full split. Yeah. According to well, the picture I'm looking at. Yeah. But she was half woman, half serpent, and she and her husband were children of Gaia also. Mm-hmm. And Tartarus, perhaps this is why her children were so monstrous. <laughs> but while Typhon, Typhon was confined below Mount Etna after challenging Zeus, Echidna and her six children were spared in order to challenge future heroes, six mm-hmm. of whom Hercules would go on to best or kill. Yeah. Okay. So she was half woman, half serpent. Yep. A lot of, uh, I, I'm not sure what this one would have been. You know, if you think of like a real world equivalent of what it was they were seeing or facing, because eh. it's it's kind of like a mermaid, but with snake. Yeah. I mean, and how come I'm just going to I'm just going to vent a little bit here. How come whenever you see in in mythological creatures, when it's half man, half something else, how come it's always the bottom half that's like the bottom half of a snake <laughs> slithering around with a human form up top? How come it's not just the bottom half of a human, two regular legs walking around with a giant horse head or something? You know, <laughs> well, like there's a, the Minotaur. Yeah, the, well, the Minotaur. Yeah, I guess that's one of the only ones because it does have the bull's head. But what's the other one? The centaur, which is like the horse body with the man on top. Yeah. Well, how come it wasn't the other way around, like a, a man body with a horse on top? Well, maybe I'll, that's why they have that horse mask. That maybe. Yeah. How, I, I thought that was just Bojack Horseman. But how come Echidna wasn't a top half of a snake slithering, slithering around out of the bottom half of a woman walking around? Could, I don't know. I don't know. That'd be weird. Yeah. Maybe they need it. They need they all need the human brain in yeah. order to be malicious. That's true. Maybe it, yeah, maybe that's what lets them have the spirit of vengeance and and all of that. Well, in your last one with Echidna, you we heard about Typhon and he's up at number 16. It was a serpentine giant 
And again, bottom half serpent, top half. By the way, this is 16 out of 20. We're doing the... we're doing 20 through 10 right now. Right. 20. Well, 20 through 11. We'll do 10 through okay, one. 20 through 11. Yeah. The top oh, yeah, 10 yeah. in another list. So at number, essentially at number six, if you want to think of it that way, is Typhon. Um, it says he's a serpentine giant, the most deadly creature in Greek mythology, because in addition to being a monster, he was also a god considered the father of all monsters. It is said that when he stood upright, his head brushed against the stars. That's pretty tall. I wonder how he fought, <laughs> bought pants that fit. Oh, wait, he's a serpent on the bottom, so he didn't. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, he, he stands uh, low- there going, come at me, bro. Well, he kind of has legs even, because listen to this. His lower body consisted of two coiled viper tails that were constantly hissing. Now, I don't know about you. Where's I've never seen hissing? a tail hiss. Mm-mm. Okay, so. No, uh, they they don't mess this up. Yeah, a little weird. And there's two of them, so they're kind of like legs. Uh, hundreds of snakes erupted from his hands. So he had like Edward Snaker <laughs> hands. Uh, he also had a hundred snake heads with Edward a few dragon hands. <laughs> yeah. With a few hey, dragon snaker hands. Get over here. Help me lift this sofa. <laughs> I've got a mouse problem. Can you catch them all? And he just laid his hands on the ground and they just started eating. Um, uh, he also He's had a hundred stealing sn- stuff. What was that? He's really good at stealing stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but yeah, 100 snake heads also with a few mm. dragon heads thrown in for good measure that were protruding sure. from not? his main head. Now, Yeah, add on to it. More, more. Yeah, this is just like some kid was like, and then it had this, and then it had this. Apparently, he also <laughs> had wings that were so wide, they blotted out the sun and fire flashed from his eyes, striking Hell fear yeah. even among the Olympians. <laughs> yeah, He was the youngest son of Gaia and Tartarus. He tried to overthrow Gaia. Zeus. Oh, yes, we'll get there. He was later defeated by his thunderbolts and locked in Tartarus. In some accounts, he was said to have been confined under Mount Etna, uh, where he was the cause of volcanic eruptions. He's said to be the father of Cerebus, Hydra, Chimera, and Dangerous Winds, a.k.a. Oh, typhoons. Hill Hydra. Can you imagine, like, Whoa. what are you the father of uh, Dangerous Winds? Wait a second. That's where typhoons came from? Apparently. This guy's Johnny Snake Hands over here? Yeah. Hmm. With fire flashing from his eyes and all, all of it. Yeah. Coiled snake from legs. his eyes and she knew that he knew or whatever it was. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so it's funny. They say yeah. he may be the most deadly creature in Greek mythology, but he's buried at number yeah, 16. He's number 16. Yeah. Not, I mean, he was also a god. He was the worst. <laughs> all right. Uh, number 15, harpies. Uh huh. Um, this is where a harpsichord Ooh. came from. I'm just kidding. I don't know that. Look at the uh, picture the harpy, of this one. I, I am looking at it. Looks it's like got Beethoven. A human head, body of a bird. Yep. Um, it's a creature from Greek and Roman mythology depicted as a half bird, half woman personification of storm winds. This is actually the, what um, what storm, what's her name from uh, uh, X-Men, X- X-Men really looked like. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, pale face of a maiden, long claws. Which makes sense as their name literally means snatchers or swift robbers. <laughs> Doggone harpies. And while early hypies, harpies weren't described <laughs> as disgusting or dangerous, they were later depicted as hideous creatures with evil intent. Hmm. Dun, 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 dun. And they appeared in the uh, Legend of Jason and the Argonauts. Uh-huh. Um, Dante had his own version of the harpies in his Inferno. Mm-hmm. And they were said to inhabit the seventh ring of hell. So that's nice. Yeah. Um, 
where the souls of people who have attempted or committed suicide are transformed into thorny trees and fed upon by the harpies. Somebody back in the day was smoking some. Well, and this looks like George Washington with like a beautiful <laughs> lock of hair, yeah. his head sticking out of a dodo bird's body. And the best part is it's supposed Just, to be a woman, but yeah, this picture on the website in this list, awesome illustration from 1660 uh, by Matthias Cuttings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. by, by Matthias Marion. But it literally looks like George Washington or Beethoven or <laughs> one of those old guys yeah. with long flowing locks. And it's supposed to be a woman. Yep. With I a receding rem- hairline. Yeah, right. I, I remember like Lex Harpies Luthor wearing most. a wig. What was that? It looks like Lex Luthor wearing a wig. <laughs> well, in the, if you look at that, they didn't quite have the, uh, uh, what's it called? In, like the perspective, correct? Because yeah. the face, everything's facing kind of to the right, but the hair is clearly drawn face on, like dead on. Because it's a weird part that would end on the other side of its ear. I don't know. Anyways. It's dumb. I just remember harpies the most from they were a, a fairly early to mid-level creature you'd fight a whole lot of back in World of Warcraft. Okay. And yeah, they were mid-level. They, yeah, they would gang up on you a lot. Okay, let's let's go to number 14. Number 14. Got? This feels like a bit of a cop out. It seems like a broad what? genre. But dragons. Yeah. Now dragons have been around in many different cultures in many different forms. You know, the Asian style are much more serpent looking, whereas you have the much more what Hobbit style that you'd see from Smog in in the <laughs> Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Hobbit you know. style, yeah. You know where you think of it on all fours. I would say big, traditional like European style, right? Dragon. European, yeah. That's but Hobbit style is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking of Smog, the the dragon. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, sleeping on a pile of gold. But um, they're legendary creatures present, like I said, in, in many cultures. Um, in Western cultures, usually described as winged four-legged reptiles capable of flying and breathing fire. In Eastern cultures, basically large four-legged serpents with a very high level of intelligence. And this this article, this link, has a, a link to a list of dragons in mythology and folklore. Uh, folklore. If you want to read about specific Interesting. ones. But yeah. And if you want a good drinking game, uh-huh. watch the movie Dragon Wars and Dragon then just drink Wars. whenever something ridiculous happens. It oh. was a like a B movie Dragon that had like a triple flashback. Was that Sean it. Connery? No. No, 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 no. Oh, I was thinking was Dragon Heart. Yeah, never mind. Nobody. Huh. Uh, actually, Craig Robinson's in it. The comedian Craig, Craig Robinson. Oh, from Hot Tub Time Machine? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's in Dragon Wars. <laughs> he works on a laptop that doesn't get plugged in. It's awesome. Nice. Um, we did forget one dragon in our assessment of this, though. Yeah, yeah. What Falcor. Falcor Ooh. the luck dragon. Oh. Atreyu! Yeah! <laughs> Very true. Never any story. It's funny I went with with smog in in Lord of the Rings when a more popular example would have been Game of Thrones. Mm. More recently, I mean that's what everyone probably more the recent most recent example, version, but, yeah. Yeah, I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha. you. Hmm. Okay, here we have another dumb face on animal. Uh <laughs> Lamia, Whoa. appropriately named, it's a shapeshifter according to Greek mythology, the mistress of god Zeus. That was his mistress. Yeah, well, Zeus needs glasses. <laughs> Zeus did a lot of we could we could talk for an hour about <laughs> was, all the weird stuff Zeus did. He had questionable. Look at the the thing. Look, 
Oh, take a closer look, Dave. These, yeah, these illustrations are something else. (laughs) This one's crazy. So, um, in retaliation, Zeus's jealous wife, Hera, killed Lamia's children and transformed her into a monster that, oh, so she wasn't like this before. Right. That's, that's probably good. Yeah. Um, She hunts and devours the children of others. So you mean like people? Everyone's a child of somebody. Right. Um. It said she had a lower body of a serpent, though she could shapeshift into a flawlessly beautiful woman during the day in order to seduce men. Hmm. She was also cursed to not be able to close her eyes so she would forever obsess over her lost children. Interesting. Does that mean she couldn't blink? I mean, you got to get the visine. Zeus took pity <laughs> on her and enabled her to remove her eyes from their sockets. Whoa. That's nice. He did this so she could rest. It said that she had a vor- voracious... Um, sensual appetite matched only by your hunger for hunting children. Oh, Ugh. I'm going to get them. I remember, I, I vaguely Gotta remember this, all. this tale. Cause I remember they talk in the last line of this little you segment. Remember her tale? No, <laughs> the last line of Scylla or Scylla being one of her only children who escaped, but she was also turned into a monster. And I vaguely remember some of those stories. You know, this illustration, you guys listening, uh, we're laughing because we're childish. Please click the link. Grown men. <laughs> <laughs> but you really need to go look at these because they're actually pretty amazing illustrations. Now, this thing, again, looks like a weird human face with a wig on the body of something that kind of resembles a lion with like like cat-like front claws. Uh, it's got boobs. And then boobs it's instead the of fur, it looks like it's got scales. And then its back feet are actually like horse feet or goat feet, not horses, because these are hooves. And you can clearly tell that it's the body of a male weird thing. Right, because it's got something that looks like a stinger and... uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's a stinger, all right. It looks like it's pointy, though. Look at it, like a claw or something. Uh, It's a bizarre I'm not looking at that anymore. This is is weird. Yeah, it looks like a Hellraiser face. Yeah, with worse hair than the last thing we talked about. Yeah, Lamia. Hmm. Yeah, I you know cool woodcutting, bro. Uh, <laughs> right. Need to work on those skills. Yeah. Well, back in the day, though, I mean, uh, you, you can only imagine what inspired someone to think this is what this looked like because there was no way for them to know. I mean, they just went yeah. off of these descriptions this, and stories. This was like the, the 1400s. This was the police sketch. What did you see? <laughs> well, uh, it looked like this. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. How's this? Yep. Nailed it. <laughs> but there was this other part in what you read that got me. <laughs> Zeus took pity on her and enabled her to remove her eyes from their sockets so that she could rest as she could not close her eyes. So apparently... A good night's rest, you just have to pluck out your eyeballs, set them on the nightstand yeah. next to you, and you'll be you'll be good. Wait, right I thought Zeus was more powerful than that. If you took pity out, it's like, you know what? I tell you what. <laughs> I, I know my, my, my jealous wife, and I don't know why I'm giving him this accent. Yeah. She transformed you into this monster. I clearly have the power to do that, undo that, yeah. but I'm just going to make it so you can pop out your eyes. <laughs> yeah, here you go. This will be good. Because I'm Zeus. Hey, I'm Zeus. Yeah, but do whatever you know, I want. When most people rest is at night, right? And at night, yep. she's not able to stay in the human form. So she has no hands with which to pluck out her eyes anyways. Also, it's just put a blindfold on, idiot. <laughs> yeah. It's dark. Oh. It's night. Man. Well, we're at <laughs> number two I'm just arguing two with here. all these. <laughs> all right. Hit N- it. Number two. We're heading to Japan. Um, this that, looks actually terrifying. 
Yeah, and I can't remember how this is pronounced. It's Japanese folklore. It's an imp or demon. Uh, they are the Kappas. Kappa. Uh, the Kappa, like I said, imp or demon in Japanese folklore means river child. They have a, a small pool of water suspended above their head, signifying their life force and habitat. Uh, apparently, they resemble a frog or a monkey the size of a 10-year-old child, supposed to have a humanoid face, a tortoise's beak and shell, and scaly skin. Now. This one, I think, was clearly made up as a warning to get kids to listen uh, because <laughs> Japanese children, it says, were warned not to go near rivers or lakes as the Kappa are often said to lure people near the water and pull them in. Stories about them invariably reference their capability to keep promises, which they only lose if tricked into bowing their head and causing the water above their head, their life force, to spill out. Once the water is spilled, they lose their supernatural powers. These ones are actually, there's quite a few tales you can find if you look them up. Um, a lot of really interesting, like, fairy tales and stuff like that, but wow. terrifying it's looking in this illustration. It kind of reminds me of the Krampus where it was, hey, better be good, kids. Yeah, yeah, right. All right, we're down to our number one here. Mm -hmm. This is the um, Linnaean... Hydra, mm -hmm. which is a water monster from Greek mythology, not to be confused with the Kappa or Kappa. Right. No, not today, Kappa. <laughs> it said that the Hydra had many heads. Most accounts say nine. And whenever a head was chopped off, two heads grew back in its place. So I guess now we're at 10. <laughs> yeah. um, the Hydra also had poisonous breath and blood. I've known some people with poisonous breath. Yes. It said that the hero... Um, Heracles, mm -hmm. not to be confused with Hercules, mm -hmm. killed the Hydra with a sword and fire. He protected his nose from the poisonous gas using a cloth, and after cutting off a head, he cauterized the open wound with fire to stop it from regenerating. Hera, who raised the Hydra, then turned the dead monster into a constellation of the same name. Mm -hmm. So easy. Oh, this creature's dead. Better make it a constellation. Yep. Have you ever... This reminds me of the willow, the dragon and willow. Oh, yeah. Well, you cut off think. its head and another one grows... Yeah, in, yeah. In their castle. Yep. Have you ever have you ever listened to or read or anything any of the uh the trials of Heracles? All the I all the not all the crazy stuff he did, like the the killing the Nemean lion and all this stuff that gave him I mean, he was already half mortal, half god, and sure he did all these tasks just to try and try I can't remember what his main goal was, but something to do with um his wife and he, I think he killed his wife and kids in a, he was tricked by Hera because she hated him because, or, or something like that. I forget now, but um, tricked into killing his wife and kids. And he had to complete this task in order to move past it or do whatever he had to do there. But yeah, there was, there's some real crazy stuff. And a lot of these monsters, as we heard, are popping up that he faced in his trials. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So pretty cool stuff. Dog on it. Heracles, what's your deal? <laughs> what's your deal? So apparently man? the trick to a Hydra is, you know, you cut off one head and others grow. Uh -huh. uh, Iron, uh, Captain America should have found out you just have to cauterize it. Right. Which, You're done. They, you know, if if he and Iron Man wouldn't have been fighting, mm -hmm. old Iron Man, he could have he sealed that up with his blasts and, well, Captain America cuts the head off. <laughs> now they're both Hail gone. Hydra. Exactly. <laughs> wow. What a list. And there's still 10 more. We're going to talk about right. those next time. 
Are we going to do it next week? You want to? What do you think? We might we as hit, well. Might as well finish it off. Give it a twofer, and then we'll we'll yeah. jump into the top ten next week. Yeah, we'll we'll see what's up. Let's do it. Okay. Well, with that, we hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed talking about all this stuff. And as always, um, hit us up on our website at digitalsuitpodcast.com. You can find all our stuff there. And I know we'll. Uh, Wait, we have an out, we have an outro that says. Yeah, I was going to say, man, why are you I'll repeating what up. those awesome guys said earlier? Uh, <laughs> Take care, man. Later, Gator. <laughs> <laughs>